0: Come back yeah. <laughs> Draw the circle wide. It's never been easy for me to draw a circle, free hands. I mean a real circle. For one thing, I'm left-handed. I know that's no excuse, and I don't mean to offend left-handers who are supremely competent circle drawers. <laughs> But if you're left-handed, you may know how pencil markings can smear as your hand moves across the page. So I remember a lot of smeared circles in grade school. Plus, I don't happen to be very good at drawing in general, and I just can't figure this out except for the fact that I have put absolutely no effort or time into getting any better at it. But I remember when I was asked to draw circles as a child in school, they always came out as sad little ovals. (laughs) Circle-like, perhaps, but not circles, not real circles. And then I used a compass, and I remember that it seemed quite magical to me. Even though I may have ripped the paper with the sharp point, I'll blame it on the fact that I'm left handed, as illogical as that may be. But I remember watching this shape form, finally, a proper circle. A perfect circle, all points equidistant from the center. And I thought, well, I can do that. And I tried it freehand, all points equidistant from the center, I thought, all points equidistant. Well, not on my circles. They just didn't come out right. And we, Unitarian Universalists, like to get things right, don't we? We humans like to get things right. There is that part of our brain, perhaps, and believe me, I am no neuroscientist. Do not call on me for circle drawing or brain surgery. But I know there is that part of us that yearns to get things Right. We have a picture in our head of what we are after, and we are deeply satisfied when we achieve it, and deeply dissatisfied if we don't. If we are going to draw a circle, by gosh, we are going to draw a circle, and we know what a circle is supposed to look like, and if we are to draw the circle wider, well... It made me wonder if we are going to draw the circle wider, wouldn't we also have to draw it longer in order for it to remain a circle? All points equidistant and all that. And I see the puzzled looks and the shaking heads. I think this guy has missed the point, sort of. It's a metaphor, right? Aren't ministers supposed to understand metaphor? But bear with me for just a few moments. What I'm saying is that drawing the circle wider is something of a messy proposition. Unpleasant even if we are stuck on making the perfect circle. Have you ever seen the reorganization that takes place when we've gathered together in a circle? Let's say a congregational group or gathering of some sort. We've gathered in a circle and then realize we have more people attending than the circle holds. We scooch our chairs and add chairs and realize that we now have a curvy, chaotic configuration that does not quite meet the circle standards because we can't all see each other. We are maybe in a straight line that curves at the edges and sometimes a wavy line or a real wavy line. Like if you end up having someone sitting behind you, you know you are not in a circle. So we scooch some more and maybe have to move a table to spread out a little further and might end up realizing that the room will not lend itself to a perfect circle, so we need to just make it good enough to make do, to make the less than perfect circle to hold the people who are present. But how do we do it? How do we go about drawing the circle wider? Do we sigh in frustration as we look at the new oblong configuration that was once our beautiful circle? Do we harumph as we skid the table across the floor? Do we resent this interruption of the scheduled activities? Are we visibly flabbergasted by this delay? Are we visibly upset when returning to the chair we were sitting in? We find it now occupied by a newcomer. And damn, the only reason that was open was because we were nice enough to get up and set out more chairs. And now we have to look for a new seat on one of those chairs we don't like sitting in. And sure enough, we end up actually sitting behind someone in this now deeply imperfect circle. How do we go about drawing the circle wider. I've probably been guilty of engaging that task with something less than graciousness at times, feeling all those things I just mentioned and letting it show as I sought to get back to the matters at hand. But let me tell you, this, making room, Rearranging, drawing the circle wider, this is not an interruption or delay of the work at hand. That is the work. Draw the circle wider or longer, have it snake around immovable objects, travel up and down over risers, and find the shape it needs to take. Do whatever you need to do to allow more people to be included. Don't get hung up on the perfect circle. It's made up of people, after all. Focus on the joy of welcoming, not the frustration of rearranging. And prepare for the work. June Minnickle shared with us through the words of Leslie Hazelton, that the Enzo in Zen practice, the circle hand-drawn in a single fluid brushstroke, is often incomplete. It's left slightly open, as though in invitation to everything beyond it. We can cut down some of that frustration of rearranging if we prepare for the work. Any circle we make should have an opening, Sometimes we inadvertently, unintentionally close that opening, delighting in the construction of a perfect circle, but we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for inclusion, invitation. Draw the circle wide was the theme of the Pacific Southwest District Assembly in 2016 at the Unitarian Society of Santa Barbara, and I took a few notes from that gathering. Reverend Susan Frederick Gray, now president of the Unitarian Universalist Association, then a presidential candidate, asked, How are we accountable to the people who haven't found us yet? How are we accountable to the people who haven't found us yet? Reverend Allison Miller, who was also running for president of the association, asked, How must we adapt and change to welcome people who thirst for our healing message? How must we adapt and change to welcome people who thirst for our healing message? This faith, said Reverend Rosemary Bray McNatt, president of Star King School for the Ministry, this faith saves lives. I want to save our lives as citizens and human beings, she said. I want to save our lives as citizens and human beings. That clear purpose has only grown more urgent over these past three years. We have something precious to offer in that endeavor. This faith, I have seen it, saves lives so how are we accountable to the people who haven't found us yet how must we adapt and change to welcome people who thirst for our healing message draw the circle wide draw it wider still We need to leave an opening in our circle, right? Taking a lesson from the Enzo and Zen practice that came to mind with our opening hymn this morning. Here we have gathered, gathered side by side, circle of kinship, come and step inside. I was picturing that in my mind. I thought, how does one step inside a circle? When I imagine a circle, it is closed. The end of the line meets the point where it begins. But the circle we are talking about is different. It is, indeed, more of an Enzo. If someone is to step inside, there must be an opening, which also means the circle can be described as perpetually incomplete which for those of us who want to make sure we get things right can lead to great anxiety. But what promise it holds. What promise if we are willing to adapt and change in order to welcome people who thirst for our healing Message. What promise if we leave an opening in our circle, set out an open chair or two or three, even give up our choice seat and find another place along the new imperfect curves of inclusion we have created so that all have a place? As we prepare to host the District Assembly of Unitarian Universalist Congregations of the Pacific Southwest District this April here, and yes, you will be hearing much more about this, as we prepare to host this gathering, making room will be a challenge. Space is an issue. There are all sorts of creative ideas floating about at this point about how we use outdoor areas, possibly the park building, other locations, field trips. But the real challenge is not only that we make room, but how we make room. How we open this place so dear to us, to those who will come. How we open ourselves to welcoming others. I've watched people enter a room and encounter a closed circle. And even when people graciously scooch and make room and provide a chair, there is an uncomfortable, unintentional message that we didn't expect you would be here. And now we must move, must open up the circle, must be inconvenienced in order to accommodate your unexpected arrival. That initial moment and the feelings it carries can never be reclaimed. We could have prepared an invitation to join an opening in the circle, an empty chair, but instead we have given the feeling that we are politely accommodating an intrusion. And now, God forbid, the near perfection of our circle is ruined as you just can't get everybody to see exactly how they should move to retain geometric purity. But the beauty of the Zen circle, the beauty of the circle we invoke when we encourage ourselves to draw the circle wider, the beauty of that circle lies precisely or more precisely, imprecisely, in its imperfection. Draw the circle wide. Draw the circle wider than what we expect as necessary, each and every circle we create. May we leave an opening in every circle we create as an invitation. May we add a chair or two whenever we gather together. May we draw on the wide side of the brain, the side that knows that inviting in, making room, offering welcome, changing our shape is never an interruption or delay of what we do. It is what we do. It is central or thereabouts. Let's not get hung up on the geometry of it. Rather, let us practice the sacred flexibility that allows us to give up our geometric purity when it comes to our circles, so that we are unafraid to draw them wider, stretch them longer, and find joy in the task of rearranging. Let us be fearless in our willingness to make new shapes, so that we may be accountable to people who have not found us yet. So we may welcome those who thirst for our healing message so that we may engage with our people and our partners the work before us to save our lives as citizens and human beings. A perfect circle is uninteresting, wrote Leslie Hazleton. A closed system containing nothing While an imperfect one vibrates with warmth, it invites us into the moment of its creation. It is open, human, fallible, an expression that is of soul. Let us draw our hearts and souls and voices together to sing number 155 in the gray hymnal Circle Round for Freedom.